0: You're listening to Intellectual Erection. A place where we talk about the naughty
1: non- oh, to stimulate your thinking. You're listening. You're listening to Intellectual Erection. Intellectual, Intellectual, Intellectual Erection. Erection. Erection.
0: Welcome back to Intellectual Erection. I'm your host Patrick, and this is the second volume of Sexy Stories from Before COVID. I'm still collecting sexy stories for the other volumes of Sexy Tales in the time of COVID that people have been sending in. But at this time, I'd prefer to extend this platform to the BIPOC communities to amplify marginalized voices and the subject matter does not have to relate to sex or sex positivity as is the traditional format of this show. I'm happy to rebroadcast other episodes of other podcasts from BIPOC folks, or pre-recordings, or anything that you have to say. Just email me at intellectualerection at gmail.com. And as always, listen, subscribe, review, and most of all, enjoy. This first story is from a very old episode that I did with Elva. And I think it was one of the first times that I asked somebody for a sexy story. And we just had a very sort of nonchalant conversation about it and I asked a few questions to put me into that story. And here's what came out.
2: So I'm with my dear friend and we're having dinner at this lovely, amazing restaurant and we have a few drinks and then we think that we want a little nightcap before we go to bed. So we go to this other spot. To have another drink, just one little glass of wine, are always our famous last words with her and I. Just one more glass of wine, so we go to this other place and we run into this couple that she used to work with, and and again, like things are firing in all cylinders. Everything just feels so good. I f- we all f- I feel like I've known them forever. Um, they're connecting, they've missed each other, they're catching up on so many interesting parts of their lives, we're having drinks, we're laughing, we're enjoying ourselves, we decide to go to another, uh, one of their friend's birthday parties, we have a little joint, we have more drinks, we go to the next spot, and we're starting to get closer and closer, kind of around my area, and we're having these, uh, sexy conversations, and I just suggest, uh, you know, not waiting and just going for the moment. So we all just uh, go back to my place, and uh, clothes start flying off, and toys start coming out, and all of a sudden, there's just uh, there's just a landscape of uh, bodies and uh, sounds and scents, and we're uh, we're connecting. There's, um... there's... Man, it's so hard to use words for something that I just feel inside of my being, you know? What do you feel? (sighs) Catharsis and being unified with these humans that I thought that, you know, well not thought, I, I didn't know them just hours before and now they're a part of me and I'm a part of them
0: What's the smell in the room?
2: The air is thick with pussy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is there a taste in your mouth other than pussy?
2: (laughs) Oh, there's some wine in there. There's, uh...
0: Tannic notes of oak and wood.
2: (laughs) Mmm, wood. There's some wood.
0: Maybe sweat?
2: There's some, uh, definite umami notes in that.
0: (laughs) What do you hear? What is that? Some spanking?
2: There's there's a little bit of spanking, yeah.
0: Do you taste anything? Do you smell anything? Do you feel anything on your fingertips? Is your body... My body goosebumps? is vibrating. What's your heart rate like? Blood pressure. Through mm-hmm. the roof. Hmm. hmm. This next story comes from an episode I did with... Pickles called Pickles Lavé Sex Clowns for Satan. And it's about a time that they were working at a porn theater.
3: The porn theater.
0: The porn theater.
3: The porn theater. Um I loved working at the porn theater. As as prior mentioned, I really I liked people coming and telling me and being able to hold space to support people with their, their secrets and their shames. And, and sometimes it was really wholesome. Like there'd be like, you know, ladies coming in from places where it's illegal to have sex toys and you'd help them to find things that are discreet that they can sneak home. But sometimes it was just ridiculous. Like there was two people who worked at, they were working up North in the oil rigs and They'd come down to Vancouver and they wanted to come in and, I mean, they were talking about buying pocket pussies to go and rent out to people up north and I was like, I don't think that's, I don't think this is a plan. I don't think this is what you should be doing really, like, rent, really hard to clean, you know, probably not that, really not that expensive to buy, (laughs) just get your own. But the one of them was really like, was like this cowboy and the other one was really shy And the cowboy decided like was like taking the shy one out for a night on the town. And so he was like, all right, each of us are going to, you know, pick a movie and we're going to go jack off in these booths. And because it was old school there, it wasn't even that long ago, but they still had a VHS wall and you had to pick a slip of a movie. And then I would go manually put the VHS into one of these janky old VCRs. And then I'd have to um, manually track it for each person. And so they picked the movies and the one person looked like, oh, I can't do this. I just, they, the one person was just really humiliated to be in there. Everyone was always really humiliated to be in there. Um,
0: Did you get to see them?
3: Um, I, cu- I couldn't really see them in there, but I can see what they're watching because I had to press the little buttons to track their their VHS movies. Um but yeah so they picked their movies and the one was really coercing the other one and i felt bad and i was kind of trying to be like i don't know you you don't have to go back there you know because it was really the place had a strong smell like i I always had a lot of nag champa um scotch taped onto fans and stuff you know, and I'd always have fans going, and I'm like trying to freshen the space up because it's just very thick. Um, <laughs> and I think sex smells great, but porn theaters—they have a yeah—they have a <laughs> a certain yeah musk, special musk, musk of desperation. <laughs> yeah, well, not desperation, just just a musk. Just like we didn't clean it; they didn't get clean that much there. Yikes. I wasn't. It wasn't. I don't know, but they went back there, and. So as soon as they went back and I, I, I tracked their movies and then the one snuck back out and was like, I can't do this. And I was like, you don't have to. You absolutely do not need to go watch porn in a booth if you feel uncomfortable. Um, if you want, I will lie to your friend and I will tell him that you watched the video and had a great time. Um, you just finished before him clearly and that's fine. And, and so we sat there and had this really wholesome game of tic-tac-toe. And we just, like, shared about our life experiences. Like, he, like, shared all these really interesting, like, details and shames about his sexuality. It was really special. And then all of these rich kids, rich tourist kids came in and they're all yelling and saying vulgar nonsense. And they're like, you know, ah, oh, is it worth it to go back there? And, and I was like, I don't, I don't know. Probably not. It might not be worth it to you. You know, it's it's a it's a nice cruising zone. It's not it's not for you to have. It's not a fun house back there. It's just porn theater. And they're like, well, I don't know if it's worth the money. And they're yelling all this stuff. And they're being they're being really abrasive. And one of them was like, well, I I'm not giving any money if I can't be proved that it's going to be a great time. And right as they said it, the cowboy came out, and his pants were down, and he just like whipped his pants up, threw his dick back in his pants, and he was like, hey. Um, man, I didn't know if I was going to be able to come, but I popped my thumb on my butt and, oh, going to have to re-clean that room. And then he just walked out and it was magical. I was, And it, like his friend, I was like, I don't even think you need to explain it. And all of them went quiet and it was hilarious. I I don't know. I just thought it was so funny. Was that a selling point for the rich kids? No, <laughs> they all left. They all left. They all left immediately. It was, Yeah. No. Oh my God! No, it was a special place. I don't know. I felt like I was in a John Waters movie all the time.
0: This story comes from an episode I did with Will. It's called "Will Lavinia Queers Your Notions of Gender," and it just brings you into a simple moment of appreciation for living your best life. There was one day uh, when I truly realized that I'd gone down like the
2: gay. Rabbit hole, and like, and I was like, Oh, I really don't live <laughs> the you know, in the land in the realm that a lot of the human beings in this city are living. And I was with my friend, um, and it was like a Tuesday night, and we were in my friend's private dungeon in their apartment in Toronto. And I think um, I know
0: which one you're talking about,
2: probably. Yeah, yeah, and sure. um, uh, someone or I had just done, um, an illicit substance um, off of someone's butt cheek. And I looked up at my friend and I said, you know, it's Tuesday. And I just realized that for a lot of people, this would be the most exciting story
0: of their entire lives. This next story comes from Lady Delphine from the episode called Lady Delphine, Pro Dom's Academia, where she talks about one of her favorite stories with one of her clients.
4: I do a lot of sploshing. I do a lot of playing with food. So I think that's interesting and intriguing. Um, Okay. (laughs) I bake a lot.
0: You bake a lot. I
4: bake a lot. So, and I don't do a lot of golden, but I will do golden in baking. So I make like buttercream frosting with urine.
0: Buttercream frosting with urine.
4: Yes. Okay. <laughs> and then you just tie someone to a tarp and uh, force feed them cakes, like very like Marie Antoinette style of. But uh, I think I think the fun part of that is mush bananas of uh, like baby bird feeding somebody a mush banana and then spitting it on their junk and getting them to like jerk off with mushy bananas lubricant is pretty entertaining. <laughs> Even more so when you're sitting on their face and suffocating them.
0: This next one isn't one story, but three from the episode I did called Panel Talk, Daddy Dom's Three Little Piggies, featuring Kit, Cecilia Morel, and Aisalure. And they all have their own unique takes on being a little.
5: So at my partner's place, we have a row of stuffies, <laughs> and one of them's called Elefante. <laughs> it's a really big elephant, and so <laughs> and, um, um, during like our during like our sex scenes, but out of like sex as well, we're always calling each other daddy or baby. Like that's just ingrained in our dynamic. So during sex, we're like saying that as well. So, we're, like, calling each other daddy and baby and doing all this, like, sexy stuff. And then he um, takes my Elefante and puts it underneath. Right now, I'm, like, doggy style. So, he puts it underneath my belly and, like, pushes me down onto my belly, fucks me from behind. And I just squirt all over Elefante. Oh, no. <laughs> Poor Elefante. <laughs> but it was really cute and we like did a lot of like cuddling afterwards and i wore my like collar the whole time too and it just was a really like lovely daddy little experience we also kind of got into um my my partner telling me that he was going to impregnate me which was like also like a really hot part of the scene because we were playing daddy and baby so like my daddy's impregnating (laughs) their their baby with more babies (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just it's just all around. And this is adorable. how Game of
0: Thrones was invented.
5: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that that's just that's kind of like a typical night for us though, but uh but uh yeah. <laughs> it was cute.
4: Okay, so this happened recently and I just thought of it. Um I recently met a twenty one year old and I was like, Okay, I know the dynamic. I'm like the older woman. <laughs> i'm like i'm gonna dominate him but whatever like i'm okay with it and uh we get to his basement (laughs) and we start making out and he starts choking me and looks i told him i like choking he starts choking me looks me in the eyes and he's like (laughs) he's like say yes daddy and i'm like what the fuck (laughs) so that's what we're gonna do and the fact that he was younger somehow made it like still hot so, I got daddy-domed by a guy younger than me.
0: I so. thought it was hotter than that was that you actually choked CC. The-
6: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I didn't even notice.
6: For the people at home, Ace just choked me. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> I
4: didn't even notice. Eight and a
6: half out of ten would recommend. I talk
4: with my hands.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll get you to tell more stories. Yeah.
6: <laughs> tell more stories that involve acting the out. Acting I'll them sit out. right here yeah. the whole time. <laughs> um... And one of my favorite little <laughs> stories is, um, I actually told this one the other night, but I'm going to reuse it because it's really good. I enjoy it. Do it. Um, I was getting ready to go out with a partner and it was like a thing that we had to be vanilla for, which is lame, but whatever. And <laughs> I'm getting ready to go out and I'm like super nervous and we decide, okay, we're just going to like be late. We're going to have some sex. Cool. Um, and then it turned into a full DS scene. I was being completely dominated, my partner was in total daddy mode. I was like drooling, like a drooling <laughs> slut. I'm having a great time. It's amazing. And um that's when I kind of knew that my partner was like good at this daddy dom thing. <laughs> and that that's always really exciting when you're like in the process of vetting partners. It's like, is this person going to be good at this?
0: So that was the moment. You're like, he's he's good. Yeah, I got a good one.
6: Yeah, I got my ass beat. I got (laughs) choked out, spit in my mouth. Mm. I was like, there you go. You got this.
0: This next story comes from an episode, actually the second episode that I did with Steve Sanford called Steve Sanford Makes a Polyamory Agreement. And it's a bit of a kinky one. So recently, uh, on my partner's FetLife, um, you know, it's funny. FetLife is a funny site. It can be a, a garbage dump. It can be the source of incredible relationships and information. And my partner was tweaking their fetish list. And, and my partner's fetish list is actually pretty hilarious. It's very campy and sarcastic. But they recently put anal only as one of their fetish.
7: That's, oh my god, and i was like
0: like i'm a butt guy i'm not gonna lie same huge butt guy oh, i w- love, love that shit oh my god gets me turns my crank. so i saw Favorite this cavity.
8: and i was like anal only and they were like yeah like the
0: idea i mean obviously it's not practical but the idea kind of turns me on and i was like all right you're under you're under chastity orders until the northbound party it's anal only oh my. <laughs> until mid-february <laughs> This next story comes from an episode I did with Amber Emery called Amber Emery Influences You to Do Naughty Things on Social Media, and it's about misadventures while traveling.
1: I was in Costa Rica, and I was there for one of my, great, my good friend's weddings, and when I arrived there, I was so excited to get to the beach, go in the ocean, I wore leather pants on the plane. So I had swamp ass. (laughs) Let's be real here. We're back at swamp ass. So I wanted to literally throw on a bikini and go swimming. I opened my bag and I had no bathing suits because I left my separate bag with all my bikinis. I remember I left it on my bed. So I'm about to like, you know, start bawling, blah, blah, blah. I end up pounding back some drinks and then my friends were like, let's just go shopping and you can buy something in town. So by the time we get to town, I'm half in the bag, and I end up buying a little gold thong bikini bottom, and my friend had lent me a top. So I go in the back, and I throw it on, and I start walking out to the beach, and my friends keep trying to talk to me, and I'm brushing them off. I was wearing the thong backwards, or the bikini bottoms backwards. (laughs) So both of my (laughs) vaginal lips were out, and then (laughs) the thong part was in the middle, and I'm walking around like not even noticing and um, actually this girl I didn't even know that well ended up being super nice and taking me into the ocean and she pulled them down and put them on the right way for me so kudos to you Sonia thank you
0: this story comes from an episode with Lance called Lance on polyamorous by slash pansexual masculinity and he talks about the experience of what it's like indulging in a bisexual threesome.
9: So for me, uh, one of the hottest situations that I have found myself in is being able to fully express my pansexuality with other people that also are confident within that realm, and when you meet a couple that are both bi or pan, and you can be sharing a space with a male and female couple and engage confidently with the male just as much as you can with the female, that is an incredibly hot experience to be... All fully engaged in every part of each other whether it be and uh, the female on her knees and taking both of our cocks in her mouth and there being no weird awkwardness with the guy that you stood next to and in fact being in that situation and then looking over and making out with that guy whilst His partner has both of our cocks in her mouth. That is so hot. I'm a very uh, passionate guy that enjoys kissing a lot. Um, And then also, you know, it's really, really great to watch a couple having sex and then be able to taste that beautiful woman on the cock of a beautiful man that to me is incredible and I love it so much Um, so yeah if anyone has any of those desires I would try to get into a safe situation where you can experience that because it is mind-blowing and life is short this story comes
0: from an episode I did with Sin and Jay called Sin and Jay Rise on Homelessness, Addiction, and Kinky Bus Stop Orgasms. And the story is about that bus stop
8: orgasm. So we were <laughs> we were at a bus stop and he we had been playing around with like different, you know, he, he was touching me in different places to see like where where it was sensitive and where he could touch me to orgasm and we were just standing there and it was really cold I think and we're just hugging and he touched my back and I felt like he had just put his fingers inside me like
9: okay
0: but there was like a line of people outside at the little pole (laughs) and there was there was two people inside the bus stop and the bus shelters are not uh, not that big. If you ever stand in a bus shelter with four people—one tall, one one short, one—and the two of us, or two two other people, you know, like you can like, you're like a breath away from these people.
8: Yeah, they were like.
0: So right I'm just there. setting the scene. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah,
8: and he was touching my back in the secret spot that I have, <laughs> and um, and I had an orgasm like in front of all these people, and. I was completely blown away, and I, he held me up because I almost fell. And to me, like, they had no clue, as far as I know. I don't know. They didn't, like, act like any different. I felt like I just made a porn in front of all these strangers.
0: This story comes from an episode I did with Lulu called Lulu Sex Working Through Tourette's. And it's just kind of a perspective behind the scenes of what it's like shooting some porn.
10: Um, it kind of, like, involves my partner's, like, realization about some things in the business. So, he's, like, newer than me um, to actually working with other models. So, me, Lola, and him filmed a double handy. And to most guys, to all, like, a lot shout, of guys. Shout
0: out to Miss Lola Cheeks.
10: Yeah, I know. she's. She, shout out
0: previously to Foot Guy James.
10: Foot Guy James, yeah. And Prawn Strar, who's my partner. Um, we were all doing a... A shoot, where we were giving giving a double handy, like someone had paid for like a custom for that, um, and like we had to do like come play or whatever, um. So like a lot of guys would be like, yeah, like that's great, like getting jerked off by two girls. But he told me at the end he was like, it didn't even feel like I've I've done anything with like multiple partners because it was so like business. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. So we but like it was like a very different dynamic so I think that like a lot of people who are in the sex industry or people who think about people who are in the sex industry think that every time you have an interaction with someone it's so like deep like when you're filming with someone who isn't your partner it's so like
0: sexy and hot sexy and and
10: hot but like literally at that we're like wow that was great and uh Lola and I like held hands like in the cum. We're like, yeah, that was so good. Like that will look really good for this particular fetish. And like it was so like It's work. Yeah. At the end of the day it's just work. And um yeah, like you would think that as a in this sort of lifestyle that things are like wild and crazy, but it's really yeah, it's just work.
0: This next story comes from an episode I did with Vance called "Vance Cruises Gay Sex Work Sober," and it's about the time he lost his virginity in a threesome in rural Saskatchewan.
11: You know, one the one thing that I always was really proud of was how I lost my virginity. Yes. <laughs> so. Exactly. Uh, Let's hear that. Because, which I thought was a total reflection of who I am as a person, but I was 16 and I was not out yet. And I was at a party and it was two gay guys that were, that owned the house that we were in. So I was really drunk and the, the boyfriend comes up to me when I was leaving. And again, I'm not out. I've never said, I've never even said the words I'm gay. And he comes up to me and he kisses me. And I was like, "Whoa, oh, what are you doing? And... He kisses me again, and I was like, oh, okay. And then he was like, you should spend the night. And I was like, oh, my God, I, I can't spend the night. And then... He's like, oh, and then oh, I think he kissed me again, and then so I yelled to my friend. I was like, Cheyenne, I think I'm gonna spend the night. (laughs) And then (laughs) so and then I was like, we're I was so nervous, and I was like, we're just gonna talk, right? We're just gonna talk. And so I actually had a really lovely night with these two guys, and we ended up talking for the beginning part. And so we were (laughs) just sitting downstairs and talking, and because I had never expressed any of these feelings, like again, as I said, about holding all this stuff in, and I never said anything about being attracted to men. I never said the words even to myself. And um, so then, we're, and then the one guy's like, uh, oh, why don't we just go lay down in bed? We'll just go lay down and talk. It's a bit more comfy. And so I was like, okay. And so we went to lay down in bed and, and continued to talk. And, and then it ended up turning into a threesome. <laughs> and then the one thing, though, that so this is the one thing about being gay and being uh young and coming out and having sex for the first time being gay, especially I'm from rural Saskatchewan. And so like having no idea of what gay sex was like or what how to do it. <laughs>
0: do you mean they don't teach that to you in
11: school? <laughs> yeah, 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 not in Wild. my school, <laughs> not in the country in Saskatchewan. And then uh, so I the one guy was rimming me and I was like, oh, this feels amazing. I was like. Oh, God, I guess it would feel great if he fucked me. And so I was like, oh, I want you to fuck me. And even he was like, are you sure?
0: <laughs> was Have like, you done this before? I
11: was like, yeah. And then, so like, and again, having no idea, just was like, oh, the rim job felt really good. So a dick in my ass must feel amazing. And so, uh, yeah, so he fucked me. And I had never felt so much pain <laughs> in my life before. I was like I could not handle it and I was like I can't do this I that, because again I had no idea like what I was supposed to do how to do it or anything and um yeah. <laughs> but anyways we had it takes time yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but anyways so we had this threesome and uh yeah it was and it was amazing because in the morning I woke up and, and it wasn't even till the morning I said I, the words I was like I'm gay and I like said it for the first time and um, but it was, and to me, and, and the reason why I came out after that was because it was such a crazy night that like, I never expected it to happen. That was like, I have to tell people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I lost my virginity
0: in a threesome, by yeah. the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In rural Saskatchewan.
11: Yeah. Wow. So, and that was kind of how I came out, which was, um, whatever. It's <laughs> it fun.
0: This story comes from the episode I did with Kurt called... Kurt Montgomery tattoos the Toronto sex scene, and it's just
7: about his first time being introduced into the King community. All right, so my my very, you know, it, it is going to be vanilla because there's been so many that aren't, but I feel like they're they're all just as lovely. But I think it, it has to be my very first experience going out with a with with the you know a community of people that like, you know, we're so welcoming so quick. And, you know, there was one person that was specific and, you know, we shared a really, really nice night and it was, um, and it was with the group that I, you know, currently am very, you know, involved in and, uh, you know, it was that one person that, that kind of just like made me think a little bit past what I had previously known And made me then, you know, really think about where my life was at the time, you know, because at that time, that night could have gone one way or another, that could have gone back to, you know, complete monogamy and, and, you know, you know, looking for that one, which uh, I think in, in my, you know, learning since last September is definitely not, uh, definitely not, not, not for me, but yeah. I think that, that that one night when when I met that one person, who kind of made me feel like I was very welcomed, and they knew that they knew of my tattoos and they knew of you know nothing else about me, and that didn't weigh their judgment towards who I was as a human because there's a lot of people that don't, you know, appreciate my art and that's okay. I I completely get it, but they were you know you know very helpful in me being introduced. to to the King community.
0: This next story comes from a recent episode I actually did during COVID over Zoom with Danica Darling called Danica Darling Riding Out COVID as a sex worker. And it's about knife play. Please remember as a PSA, knife play is considered edge play, which is everything that involves some form of bodily harm or potential trauma so there has to be a lot of work done ahead of time to build boundaries of consent around this type of play it is not safe for you to just go out and try it willy-nilly so please do your homework beforehand and make sure you have the right tools and the right mind frame going in and of course the safety of all people involved
12: i'm into like nice play and blood play and um yeah so of course with partners I've encountered, men always want to sound like super down with everything. And they'll be like, oh, I'm totally cool with that. And then as soon as like you take out the knife, they're like, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I don't want to do this anymore. Which is fair, you know, assert your boundaries, good for you. But um, I had one partner who was much a pleaser pleaser in all areas, which is nice. Um, And he was very much willing to, to try knife play. And we know we talked about consent, which is a huge thing in the kink community and BDSM community is, you know, consent. Everything's consensual. There are safe words. You know when to implement them. You respect them. Um, So a big PSA for people that are, you know, dabbling in or interested in dabbling in that kind of avenue is to definitely go over consent and make sure you understand it and make sure you know when to use it and, you know, make sure your partner feels comfortable enough to use their safe word and not, you know, feel shame and anything in that. And that's respected, but yeah. So partner, very willing to please, I was cutting his chest and I noticed that it was, you know, going a little deep. Um, you know, he was like, no, I'm pulling it. Totally fine. Totally fine. I was like, mm, like I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, eventually when we kind of wrapped it up, he had a very, very large deep cut on his, um, his chest and when he went to the doctor afterwards just to make sure everything was good, they're like, Yeah, you should come in for stitches for that. <laughs> and you know, yeah, yeah he still has a nice uh, large Keloid scar and people always ask what it is and he's like, Oh, I got into a knife fight like
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, with so, my ego. I got in a so, knife fight with my ego. <laughs>
12: yeah. <laughs> like actually though. So I know that's like one of the things that um that people like when I obviously have a video of it because I like I like voyeurism. I like and you know, um taking videos and obviously I'm an OnlyFans so I better and I have a video of him getting cut in the blood and I've shown it to people sometimes and they're like their reactions kind of remind me that like it's not for everyone (laughs) so that's probably the most like out there thing
0: this story comes from the episode I did with Mia called Mia Schachter coordinates sex scenes for film and television it was the last episode that I did person-to-person over zoom during COVID, and this story is highly entertaining. It involves consent, humor, and butt stuff.
13: I was involved for a while with um, someone who's who was in an open marriage, and uh, you know it was all like above board, and um, and his wife was totally fine. So like all of that was was great. Um, and this, this guy, uh, really wanted to be dominated, but didn't really know how to ask for it and didn't know how to have like what I now understand to be kind of the ongoing practice of consent or the communication style of consent. So it was a lot of kind of in the moment, um, telling me to tell him what to do and that I find that to be an enormous amount of emotional labor, um, that I don't really like. (laughs) I would do for someone if it was kind of set, set out ahead of time, but it was always kind of in the moment, this like really pushy, um, you know, tell me what to do, tell me what to do kind of thing. And all, all throughout the, um, this does get a little graphic all throughout the, uh, relationship like from very early on he he was um without asking putting a dry finger up my butt (laughs) when we were making out and like the first time it happened I was so shocked um that I didn't say anything and then the second time it happened I was like wow really this is just like he just thinks he just does that that's so weird and then I think it was the third time that it happened that I was like, "Hey." that's cool. I like that, but I need you to use lube. Like, and I don't care where you get it, like get lube from somewhere. Um, and he seemed to hear me, but then it kept happening. It kept happening. He kept putting a dry finger, um, up my butt and, uh, no matter what I said. And, and so I started to feel like this is, this is, this is weird. Like, is he not is he not hearing me I I, I couldn't figure it out um, and then we actually hired a, a friend of mine who was a sex worker to come tell him what to do to me for an evening and and that was that was cool I was excited about that idea but I called up my friend and I was like, listen um, he keeps putting a dry finger at my butt uh, I need your help like please make sure he doesn't do that and without getting into too much detail she started to guide him through like making sure that his finger was very wet and then she was going to have him do that. And he somehow like maneuvered himself to anyway put the dry hand, the dry finger up my butt. And I was like this, I like, I tried to do it so calmly. I was like, I was like, we, we have an audience. Like I need to really be careful with this. So I reached down and I said, with this hand, um, and then he did it. And then, and I was like, okay, success. Like we got it. And then the next morning, um, he, uh, he woke me up, uh, and, and said, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. You know, same, same thing. And I was like, Oh my God. I'm like, I just woke up. I, I don't have the energy to do this. So I said, um, you know, can you do this? And he was like, don't ask, tell me. And I was like, oh my God, lie down. And I got on top of him. And then I, I swear to fucking God, this dude reached around and tried to stick a dry finger at my asshole. And I was, and I screamed at him. I fucking screamed at him. And I was like, loob. <laughs> and in that moment, he said, um, I love it when you yell at me. And my heart sank. And I was like, oh, my God, you have been doing this on purpose this whole time. You have been trying to piss me off because you want me to yell at you.